Episode 50, Interview with Alison Armstrong. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hello, ladies. We have made it to episode 50. That is so exciting, and I am so grateful to all of you for your support and your kind words and reaching out to me over these last several months as we've gotten started with the First Year Married podcast. To celebrate this episode, we have a really, truly special guest. When Noah and I sat down to discuss who would be our absolute dream podcast guest, Alison Armstrong topped the list. Now, of course, I never imagined I would actually be able to get her on the podcast. And suffice it to say that the day that we were recording this, I was so nervous that it probably took me like a full week to recover. Her work has been transformative for hundreds of men and women, myself obviously included, and she takes the most confusing and frustrating differences between men and women and makes them crystal clear with so much humor and compassion and so much charm. For this episode, I got on the call with the intention of bringing her work into the realm of the newly married, those couples who are just getting to know each other in this way. Maybe they're also building families or careers while they're at it and all those complications that come up during that phase. Allison was obviously wonderfully generous with her knowledge during this interview. This episode is divided into two parts for several reasons. Mainly, I wanted to give you all the best opportunity to listen, to digest, to try some of these ideas before we dive into the second half. So if you aren't subscribed yet, do make sure to do that right away so that you'll get the second part next Sunday when it is released. I know you are going to enjoy this interview so much. Hopefully I wasn't too nervous. <laughs> you can you can appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear from all of you what, what spoke to you, what stood out to you. You can always email me, Kayla at firstyearmarried.com. I love to hear from you and um, enjoy the interview. Welcome, Alison Armstrong, to the First Year Married podcast. Thank you so Thank much for being you. here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So for anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a little while, they've definitely heard me speak about you, Allison, and all of your amazing work. I actually consider you to be one of my main teachers, although we've never spoken in person <laughs> until today. <laughs> and I have to say, I stumbled across your work very early in my marriage, and I consider myself to be one of the lucky few who found mm. this material so early on. I'm so grateful to you for all the work you've done to get it out there and to share it with the world. Oh, you're welcome. You're really welcome. I I abhor unnecessary suffering. And I say unnecessary on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> For some people, some suffering is necessary. It's the only way they get their lessons. But <laughs> yeah, any unnecessary suffering I can prevent, I want to, I'm all over that. Amazing. Yes, I always say there's so much headache and heartache and there just doesn't have to be. <laughs> mm, yeah, good exactly. way to put it. So what I was hoping to do with you today is to bring up some of the struggles that I hear a lot from the women that I work with. Some of them are newlyweds, some have been married longer, and I have a guess of where you might go with it, but I am curious <laughs> and excited to hear where we land. Yeah, we didn't rehearse. We no. Didn't... No. Okay, Amazing. perfect. 
Okay, so first of all, I feel like just to put context on all of your work, could you share what frog farming is, please? Oh, well, according to the man who accused my girlfriend of it, um, frog farming is when instead of turning frogs into princes, you turn princes into frogs. And that was where my work began, as you know, in 1991, was my girlfriend being called a frog farmer, and I realized I was, and that that's what we do. I mean, I, at first I thought it was personal, something I did, and then I thought it was something cultural, and then I found out it's worldwide, and and it's mostly unconscious. You know, we, we literally have opposing instincts, and when we're behaving instinctively, we antagonize men's instincts. And so... We, we bring our worst brings out their worst. Yeah. And I mean, reliably, reliably, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> we're going to be diving into all of that, but I feel like it takes a, a certain amount of vulnerability or self-knowledge to even be able to take something like that and not hear it as an accusation, but to hear it as mm. an opportunity, which it sounds like is what you did. Yeah. I, I was actually really relieved because it meant if I was a frog farmer, then it meant I had something to do with how men treated me, which meant I could change that. I could change me. I've been trying to change men for a long time <laughs> unsuccessfully. And the idea that I could change my behavior and inspire something in di different in them was really exciting. And then when I, I think part of what I contribute to people is there's nothing wrong with you. The struggles you're having, the pain you have, the suffering, the frustration, the inability to get what you need and connect with the opposite sex, whether you're a man or a woman, it's not personal. You're not broken. You just had the good fortune of being born human. <laughs> and it comes with a package. And let's lighten up about it and, mm. and just become aware of it and even have a sense of humor about it. Because... I was talking to Joe McLean, who co-founded Pax with me. Today we were talking about um, manipulation and control and obligation and how much human beings are always trying to get another person on the hook, like get the other person to be obligated to them. And she's just like, oh, this is awful. And I'm laughing. I think it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny that we do it, right? right? But so it helps if you can start to get it like, I am not broken. I'm not defective. It's not because I'm a Leo, Libra, <laughs> you know, born in the year of the rat or anything. It's, it's because of being human. Wow. And, and I feel like one thing that really distinguishes your work from other, other work that I've gone into and researched is, and tell me if this, if this resonates with you, you do see how we impact each other and how we, as you say, bring out the worst or the best. But at the same time, it's, it's so not manipulative. It's not, I want my husband to feel this way about me. I want my husband to act this way towards me. I feel like, and I don't know if I got this more from your words or from the way you give over your material, that what I had in my marriage as a diamond and I just needed to get out of the way, not that mm. I needed to train him into being something other than what he was, which is kind of the, the flavor of some other you know, places that I went and don't like. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you said it beautifully, um, and I I discovered it, uh, I don't know, accidentally, I feel so blessed. I, I thought, I thought I'd study men for two or three months and find out what I was doing that was bringing out the worst in them. 
and I hoped in the process that I might I might find one thing that would bring out the best in them. Then, as I was discovering what I was doing and the only woman whose life I envied called my attention to the ways that I was diminishing men, that I was attacking them and diminishing them, mm. and they asked me to stop, and I did, which took a whole lot of awareness to see that you know I was holding a grenade and I was about to pull the pin <laughs> and wow. maybe I could just set it down. What stunned me was that I just stopped attacking them. I just stopped debilitating them. I just stopped, you know, pulling their legs out from underneath them in all the ways that I knew how to do it. And they became amazing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't do anything nice. I didn't do anything good. I just stopped stabbing them and tripping them and coming at them. And they, I couldn't believe who they were. Like what you said, diamonds, the, the diamonds are already there. Right. Who men are naturally when they're not defending themselves from us blows my mind. So, okay. So I'm going to dive into one scenario I hear a lot. All right. So, okay. yep. so we have a newly married couple and the husband mm-hmm. is very immersed in his work. And mm-hmm. this can even go to another level if there's a baby in the picture. So now it feels like we have this whole conflict of values and priorities. What is a woman yeah. to do, right? He doesn't get it. That's what she says to me. He doesn't get it. He's, he's working too much. I asked all my girlfriends and they agree. He's working they all too agree. Much. He's yeah. working too much. Yes, and he should come home earlier. Yeah. So why yeah. is he so focused on the work? What? What? It seems like such a conflict. It's her versus the work. Right. It seems like it, it and we certainly take it personally. Well, there's a couple of things going on. So first of all, statistically, the year that a man's first child is born, he will make more money than he has ever made in his life. Wow. Yeah, child-born provider kicks into high gear, high gear. Like we're talking college education. (laughs) Baby's two months old and we're working on the college education. So um, it's, it's natural, it's normal, it's healthy, it's a response to being a dad. Yeah, another thing that happens to dads, um, miraculously is that their hormones suppress their sex drive in those um, first couple of months after the baby's born, which happens to tie right up with the rest her body needs. And yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. A long time ago, I thought this, I stopped thinking this is an accident. (laughs) 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 There's just too much perfection in it. Yeah. And and the other thing that will happen is that in her body, in a woman's body, her hormones are firing in such a way, both with birth and then nursing and the crying and the holding and the face gazing. Her hormones mm-hmm. are working in such a way as to have her be certain, just absolutely certain that this child is is the center of the universe, mm-hmm. that this child is the priority that this child is who she should everybody should be paying attention to the most mm-hmm. and as the mother like I, I used to do this actually greg would come home and and there's you know his two sparkling daughters first just one then the other and they're like they're estrogen bombs okay baby girls are estrogen bombs they have as much estrogen in their little bodies as a, as a grown woman for the first two years wow. and oh yes they're 
captivating. They're built to be captivating. And so, of course, he'd walk in the house and his eyes would immediately go to the baby. And I'd be like, mom first. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss the mom, honor the mother, honor the mother, honor the mother. I I would laugh about it enough, but I... But I noticed that if he didn't, I would get hurt. I I would feel like, uh, uh, I've been here taking care of your kid all day, and you don't care about me. Uh, and I just, just intervene. Mom first. Mom first. <laughs> Say so what you need. Me first. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it was awesome. So it's the thing that helps as a woman is him working all day is for you. You have to take it personally that he's doing that. Whenever we think that dads are working for themselves, we're going to miss it. Because in his head, in his head, what he is is a provider and his first priority is protecting his family from any threats and providing for them the best he can. And he's going to want to provide for them better than his dad did. Mm. And, And it's is when we take offense at it that you're working instead of me, they're crushed by that. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they feel so unseen and disrespected, and that their gift isn't received, and it's it's brutal for them. Mm. It's brutal. And it, have have you read Keys to the Kingdom, Kayla? Yes, yes. multiple yeah. times. Okay, good. Because that's the one that I'd really recommend for your audience, because you get to be in the in the conversation, right? And in the, mm-hmm. the head of a man in the tunnel. And, you know, with Bert finding out uh, in the process, you know, the kid, Claudia's husband, why he did what he did when he was a, a prince, and why what she did worked, right? Yes. And and Claudia, the, the teacher in the story, right, is explaining how a woman's job is is really to put forth in front of her husband what she and the children, the family, re- really need. Because he's going to be operating from decisions that he made instinctively, that he made from his history, and it doesn't occur to him. This seems so stupid, but it doesn't occur to him to check them out with her. Mm. It's so clear to him what they need that he, it doesn't occur to him to say, okay, honey, I'm thinking that this is what I have to contribute to this family. It doesn't occur to him to say that. And, and both men and women do this. We decide what people need. We make a plan. We execute the plan. And we're shocked that people didn't want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was talking a whole bunch of people about this last week. But so, it, so as the mom, as a wife, even Greg did this because I was the one who was working like crazy. So he was the one who would come to me and say, honey, your girls need to be with you. Mm. They, I can't, I can't fill in for this, this, they need you. And yeah. I, I was so grateful, right? Cause we had made a conscious decision that I was going to carry on our, our business and he was going to make our children his first priority. So he, he quit his, his career and he became a consultant so he could, you know, take different jobs and yeah, we, we flipped it. We, wow. we flipped it about eight, yeah, about seven years in to, to our company. We flipped it. And, and so that's what changed. Now it's his role to tell me what they needed from me, where before I was the one 
that would be letting them know, you know, they don't need you to be doing, he was so intuitive. I didn't have to do it very often, but honey, they don't need more dresses. They need more time playing games with you. Mm -hmm. It's just attention, as you know. Do you know, they, children thrive from the right kind of attention from their parents. It seems like, okay, so in Keys of the Kingdom, you talk about the stages of development, right? That's the, that's the book with Mm -hmm. that. And yep. so maybe you can give a, a brief overview, but the question I kind of want to get to is, I feel like we all need to figure out how to be queens to survive them being princes. <laughs> <laughs> we basically need to learn how to be all of it, right? To, to choose our feminine expression uh, consciously in both for us and for them. So the temptress energy, right? That playful, physical, sensual, sexual energy, that's really good for us, right? To get into our bodies, to celebrate our own beauty, to move our bodies and and be embodied, right? Instead of dragging mm-hmm. it around, criticizing it. Mm-hmm. That does wonders for our self-confidence and our self-expression. And it cause it gives them literally gives them life force gives them energy to do what they need to do and and when we're playful it causes them to be affectionate it's they can't not be affectionate when we're playful and women try to get men to be more affectionate (laughs) by asking for it and Mm -hmm. it it can't be asked for it has to very seriously right (laughs) um yeah which doesn't inspire it and Mm -hmm. Uh, men don't like faking and they're not good at faking. And so, so us having that energy, which she talks about in Keys of the Kingdom, um, and then, and then the mother, that aspect, that emotional, the way I like to think of it is, um, overflowing. If you think of the mother as a, as a, the mother river and, and that when we're filled up by our lives, by our, friends, our hobbies, our um, whatever uh, nurtures us, whether it's time alone or time in nature or me and my horse and my dog, whatever fills us up then allows us to overflow nurturing others instead of being depleted by nurturing others. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something I've learned a lot about that we talk about in Understanding Women, the online course, you know, because there's such a cycle of filling ourselves up and then spending it, the hazard of oxytocin. But as you bring up the queen, I, how come I talk about the temptress and the mothers? Because the tendency is to think, I just need the queen. Mm. And, and we want to, you know, be the queen because she's, you know, she's inspiring and influential and she's always extraordinary. Yeah, but the, the queen without the temptress, no affection. Uh-huh. <laughs> No affection, no physicality. The temptress without the mother, off with their heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the temptress without the queen, no boundaries. The mother without the queen, no boundaries, no big mm-hmm. picture. So, I mean, and the beautiful thing about women is we can be all of that, and we can switch from one to another in a moment. Mm-hmm. And, but the queen, as you know, is. The queen is consciously choosing to be your own values. Mm-hmm. Like the the thing the the things that you say you stand for the most, that the qualities of life that you would most 
want to be and to have everyone you love to have to consciously choose them and embody them and set up your life so that it keeps feeding you that essence instead of depleting it, which is what's normal. I just, I, I imagine that like hearing this, this picture, my youngest is just turned two and we have four. So my oldest is about to turn nine. So a year ago or a year and a half ago, when I still had like a, you know, a little baby and everything crazy, even hearing about like a life of values where you're taking care of yourself would just feel almost like painful, like so far away, so unattainable, especially if he's off working so hard to provide for the family. So do you have advice for these ladies, you know, that are, that are wearing the third shirt that got spit up on today and, you know, they're... Yeah. I, I can tap right into what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And... Okay. So this uh, would fly in the face of how my mother raised me and what it was like for her to be a mother in a period of time where neighbors dropping by for a cup of sugar was normal mm -hmm. and that your house had to be spotless when they dropped by for a cup of mm. sugar because you were going to be judged harshly for how you had your house. And so our house was always, I called it guest ready. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I can't not straighten hand towels in every bathroom <laughs> <laughs> and including other people's bathrooms. And but I remember it, it, it wasn't until Olivia, our third one, I remember there she was in her little carrier and and she was she was quiet, she was fine, and I thought, Okay, I'm gonna take a shower. Mm -hmm. I'm take a shower. Right? And so I took her into the bathroom with me and and I'm in the shower and I got soap in my hair <laughs> and she starts to cry. Right? And she starts yeah. to cry. Yeah. And the impulse was just to, like, get out of the shower and handle it. Right? right. And I'd done that plenty of times with her sister and her, and her older brother. And then I stood there and I looked at her and I thought, what harm will come to her if I take one more minute to rinse my mm -hmm. hair? <laughs> like, she might cry the whole time, but is she going to? Is something bad gonna happen because she's crying for a minute while I get the soap out of my hair and finish my shower? I don't think so. And and that was like this this little uh, parting of the curtains, you know. That wait a second, wait a second. How about when they sleep, I sleep instead of oh she's down for a nap. What can I get done? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh she's down for a nap. I should be too. And. <laughs> And that kind of, I mean, we have to fight our own instincts, right? Because everything that's ugly or dirty or out of place is nagging us to do it. And, I mean, I have, I have nursed while stirring something over the stove. How <laughs> stupid is that? Right? The, the call to multitask, right? Holding child yes. to breast while right. stirring. Right. I mean, hello, wake up, right? Um so doing one thing at a time, which is so unnatural, Greg loved Sundays because Saturdays he would go get his, his well-being motorcycle ride, right? That was part mm -hmm. of the deal. He would, he would go do that. And then Saturday afternoons, um, I got to be off duty 
he, he didn't help me with my job. The kids were not my job on Saturday afternoons. I was on vacation mm-hmm. from, oh, it's a miracle. Amazing. <laughs> At first, I, I just left, and then I hid, and then I realized I could actually just stay home and enjoy them. And they come mm-hmm. to me, Mommy, I'm hungry. I'm like, well, ask Dad. You're his job today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was amazing. But then what had happened on Sunday, so Saturday he got filled up, and then I got filled up. And then Sunday, the babies, which I think I nursed for like six years all together, when they would fall asleep nursing, I would just hold them. I'd hold them the whole mm-hmm. time they slept. I'd hold them for like two, three hours where they, while they had their nap. And that, to Greg, was that was rich. That was being rich, that there was his wife holding their child, just sitting on the couch. He could come sit next to me, and he could talk to me, and we'd watch old musicals and stuff, and we'd just hold them and hold them and hold them. And taking time for stuff like that, like just let go of the laundry, let go of the whatever it is got to let go of. Yeah. And also, as you know, play to each other's strengths. Structure was not my strength, ever. I, I think probably because I grew up falling asleep at other people's houses. <laughs> yeah. my, my parents were really young, and we went to a lot of parties, and I'd just fall asleep, like, in a closet somewhere. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I didn't. Yes, yes, I know. I, so this whole, like, go-to-bed routine, bedtime yeah. It made no sense to me. This, I knew the children would fall asleep somewhere, and I carried them. <laughs> <laughs> and and that time of night wasn't. I didn't want to generate anything. And yeah. but he he always we called it keep the wheels on the bus. Greg always kept the wheels on the bus, and so mm-hmm. he would generate. He generated bedtime and the rituals of the brushing of the teeth and the singing of the moon song outside. If you could be outside with the moon and. And he, you know, figured out things like Claire, you could always get Claire to do something just by racing her. I bet uh-huh. I get my teeth brushed before you can, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so playing to each other's sort of chronotypes, you could call it, like, when are you awake and alert and functional and when are you not? And, and he really got it, that how much sleep mattered to me, that I was a different person if I had sleep and he didn't need so much. So he was, he'd get up in the middle of the night and bring the babies to me to nurse and take them back to bed. I didn't even have to get up. And because he just knew, because I taught him, right? Yeah. Me with sleep is a different human being than without enough sleep. Right. And I think so, a lot so of husbands the, your, just hearing, just hearing that pointed out to them for a woman who does really need that sleep, they yeah. see it right away. And then it's, it's like an easy fix. Like I can fix this. I can give you a nap, right? Like they, yeah. can, they can do something here to improve the situation. And I feel like for, for a lot of us, we just, we say no to the request before we even verbalize it. Right. Like uh, we're uh, saying no uh, on their behalf. Yes. Yes. Oh, brilliant. We call it giving them no chances. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't even give them one chance, right. let alone you know, we recommend three. We give, we, we decide that we decide they're going to be a no and they don't mm-hmm. even have a chance to say no for themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we don't, or this is the other thing we do. I, I, it took me so long to learn this. 
if, as a woman, we can just state the result, same as a man, if we can just state what, like, if you need something, your job is to be clear about what it is, what mm -hmm. it is, what it would look like, what it would provide for you. And then stop, stop, because what everybody wants to do then is now solve the how. So this is what I need and this is how you can do it. And if we can't figure out how they can do it, we'll never tell them what we need them to do. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows being told how to do something is really insulting because it almost never fits. Like you tell me what you need, Kayla, I'll figure out how to do it in a way that fits my entire life. Right. There's no way you're going to know my entire life. Right. Right. So you say the what, and then I figure out the how. Same thing in just, honey, I, I need two more hours of sleep every, every day. I need two more hours of sleep. I can't even think straight. I'm becoming dangerous, <laughs> let alone, let alone attentive and affectionate and appreciative of you and yeah. all the work you're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, can you, can you help me out here? And then put the magic duct tape over your mouth. Yeah. And if he says, let me think about it, let him think about it. Right. Okay. When should I check back with you? In three days. Okay. Thanks for thinking about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he'll, he'll be solving that problem and he'll be solving it with what he knows he can give and what resources could be spent and mm -hmm. what, where he sees he has space and let him, the odds are it'll be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that just that changes everything, taking out the how. We've been able to make so many changes in the way that our house, you know, at one point where I have a whole episode on, on scheduling and you know, we sat down and said like, it's just such a shame. We just can't do what we want in our life. And then we, he was like, well, let's just write down what we want and let's look at the calendar. <laughs> you know, everything fit. It all fit. Oh you know, my gosh! What's your amazing. husband's name? Noah. Noah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Let's write it down and figure out how to. They are compulsive problem solvers. It's amazing. And we try to solve problems for them, and they hate it. Right. Just as much as we hate them solving problems for us, they hate us solving problems for them. Right. Let everybody solve their own problems. Just give them good problems. What does that mean? Good problems. Well. A normal problem for men given by women is how to get out of a conversation alive. <laughs> okay, ladies, this is where we had to cut the interview. I promise Allison is going to go more into what she means by that comment. I wanted to get every single minute that I could with Allison. I didn't do the cutting during the course of the interview. I just didn't want to waste even two minutes doing it. So we're stopping the interview here. I want you to take this information, try and digest it, really think about how you can try and apply it for next week. We're going to dive much more into problems and problem solvers in the second half of the interview. So if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you're subscribed to the First Year Married podcast. That way, when it comes out next week, you are for sure going to get the episode in your feed. All right. I can't wait to hear from you. Please definitely reach out. Let me know what you're taking from this episode, what you're trying and all your wins. I love to hear how this is really, really helping you and have an amazing week. Bye-bye. <laughs>